Hi, I'm Howard Tierski. Welcome to the Winning Digital Customers Podcast, where we focus on the stories of large-scale digital transformations told by the people who lead them. Welcome, everyone, once again to the Winning Digital Customers Podcast. I'm Howard Tierski, and I'm here with somebody I really admire, Blake Morgan, who has written a couple of really awesome books. And here's an opportunity for us to pick her brain as a customer experience expert and futurist. Her two books are a book that I I read a, a while back and loved, More is More, How the Best Companies Work Harder and Go Farther to Create Knock Your Socks Off Customer Experiences. And then more recently, she's come out with a new book called The Customer of the Future, 10 Guiding Principles for Winning Tomorrow's Business. That book was identified by Business Insider as one of the top books executives are reading to deal with COVID-19. Blake is also a guest lecturer at Columbia University and the University of California and other places, and she's a contributor to Forbes and the Harvard Business Review, and she has two of her own podcasts, the Modern Customer Podcast and the Be Your Own Boss Podcast. She sounds quite busy, and with that, let me welcome Blake. Thank you so much for being here. Hey, Howard. Thank you. And it's always nice to see your face on the web. You know, you, you're really supportive of my stuff and it's a great feeling to see on your YouTube speaker reel that somebody says, you know, you're great and I keep hearing about you. So that was just such a nice thing to see the other day. So I, I do appreciate it and uh, I see you and thank you. Oh, well, likewise, you know, I, I have a crick in my neck from when I read your book because I just keep nodding. Yep, okay. yep, yep. <laughs> so right. we're definitely, definitely on the same wavelength. So I know I gave a brief intro about you, but can you give everyone a little bit of your history? Where, where did you come from? How did you get to this place where you have such a point of view and knowledge about customer experience? Yeah, my story starts in New York City, where all lost souls go to find themselves. And I wanted to be a journalist, but I saw what was happening with print, that it was dying. And I eventually worked for a conference company which led me to become one of the five people chosen to turn the conference company into a full-fledged media company. And of course, the topic that I was chosen to build out was customer experience. And that was a long time ago, back in like 2007. And so that was the beginning of having this online brand, a podcast show, videos, blogs, an online persona and customer experience just kept coming back to me. I kept running away from it and it kept coming back to me. And back in those days, we actually called it customer service. We didn't have the language yet. And I started building the language for this new thing, which took service farther and expanded the definition. And while I was working at a Fortune 100 software company out in the Bay Area, I was also building out this content, helping to develop a category of customer experience. And I was with my husband in Prague one day, and he had gotten me a speaking gig to speak on behalf of my company, and he was doing a keynote as well. And I remember sitting with him and thinking, you know what, this is what I want to do full time. I don't want to work in corporate anymore as a customer service executive. And so that's where I find myself now as my own boss for almost six years now, and I will never work for anybody else ever again. I love being my own boss. And I feel very blessed to be at this interesting intersection right now where customer experience and COVID and digital, it's all kind of coming together now where brands really understand that they have to make the customer's life easier and better. They have to think of digital as a big P 
piece of their entire customer strategy. And so I, I find the topic really interesting. I always learn something new. And I learn just as much from the questions I get, even after I give a speech, than anything I read on the internet from business people who are take my what I present, my stories, my research, and then they think they tell me, well, you know, here's what we're going through right now. And it's it's really I learned so much every single day. It's never boring. And then in between that, I got married. I was in New York, I told you, and I met another. Like, I'm not like Russian, Russian, but my ancestors were a Russian Jew. And I thought, you know, this guy is so cute. All the men in New York have Peter Pan syndrome. And I want to go back to where I'm from in California. So we got married. We met at a CRM conference, crazy, 10 years ago. We have two kids. I have an eight month old and a four year old. We have two dogs. Wow. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm always juggling a lot, a lot going on, but I wouldn't change anything about it. Oh, that's beautiful. What a great story. Thank you. Um, and, you know, you mentioned coming from, quote unquote, customer service into this world of customer experience. You know, uh, on the one hand, there's so many labels that are always flying around this industry that we're in that I don't worry too much about labels. But I'm curious if, if you feel that there's an important difference between how people perceive the world of customer service versus customer experience. Yeah, I have to say customer service, having worked in customer service, you're definitely treated like the stepchild in a way. I was remembering the other day a meeting that we had with the sexy folks in marketing, probably not the most PC adjective to use, but you know, they were the cool kids, to be honest. They had all the money, they got all the glory, all the attention. Nobody cared about customer service. And I remember one day at a meeting in our offices in Sunnyvale, and like we couldn't even get these people to come into the room with us. They said they didn't have time and they did it over the phone, even though we were both in the same building. If there's not a better example of how little people care about customer service sometimes, so service is really seen as the ugly stepchild, as when things get broken, we go to service. And customer experience is a more modern approach that looks at what is brand perception. Um, it includes marketing. It, it's like the Elon Musk approach to building product and to creating experiences where, oh, okay, engineering is actually a big piece of a customer's experience of our product. Customer experience is not just simply what happens when things break, but because we didn't have the language customer service sort of owned customer experience, but that doesn't really make any sense. And I think most companies are very confused on what does customer experience mean? Because even when I worked at the Fortune 100 company, we had a customer experience team and I asked my boss, I'll say her name was Deb. I said, Deb, what do they do? And she said, well, they create events for our best customers. And I thought, what? That doesn't make any sense. So again, you're seeing that there's a lot of issues with how we approach customer experience. What needs to happen now where we're facing a, a customer that wants to be contactless, that wants to be digital? And so we're really seeing the transformation of so many companies right now, taking a look at their internal organizational structure and going, oh, we're not set up to even start to begin to chip away at customer experience because, okay, no one shares data around the customer. Oh, we're making our customers go through these processes that we would never even personally want to have. Oh, it is so hard to do business with our company. So that's kind of the, the, the moment right now we're in, this awareness. Some of the customers that come to me for things like speeches are having good problems. Okay, we had major acquisitions where we need to grow really quickly. There's a lot lost. 
And so I think that there's just this awareness now that maybe because of COVID, customers are just able to be pickier. They're more willing to cheat on their favorite brands and switch. And so right now is really a, a moment in the sun for customer experience because companies are realizing that they're in a sea of sameness and there's not much that differentiates their brand from the next brand. Absolutely. I think that's an epidemic right now, no question. I'm here with Blake Morgan. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, I'm going to ask Blake about the customer of the future, the topic of her new book. Who is this customer of the future and what do we need to do to be ready for him or her? Download the first chapter of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, Winning Digital Customers, The Antidote to Irrelevance, today. Visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to get started. All right, we're back. I'm talking with Blake Morgan, author, keynote speaker, and uh, noted futurist about the customer of the future. So Blake, the title of your new book really caught me because my book is called Winning Digital Customers, as you may know. And so I talk a lot about the idea of the digital customer. And a lot of people are like, what do you mean by the digital customer? They're not robotic customers. To me, it's about the customer who's living a lifestyle with digital at the center. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges today from my perspective, for brands to be able to appeal to is that digital customer. I don't know how similar or different that is from what you mean when you talk about the idea of the customer of the future. But what to you is characterizes the customer of the future? And what do brands need to do to appeal to that customer? To me, the brands that really get it have, are, have always been digital in their heart. And they've really built with the customer in mind. And they understand the power of digital to make customers' lives easier and better, to create these seamless zero friction experiences. So the customer of the future is already here. She's already getting experiences from Hulu and Netflix with personalization. She's shopping on Amazon and seeing, oh, I never have to call Amazon because the self-service is so good. The personalized recommendations are so good. The way the customer journey they provide is incredible. Even with the acquisition of Whole Foods, where the in-store past purchases are there, as well as the online past purchases. And that impacts what is served up as the next best potential product I would buy. Other examples, Apple products. I mean, I, I, I'm the latest person to buy an Apple watch, but I mean, it's incredible how much this thing adds value to my life and really makes my life easier and better. I don't know if I'm a digital customer, but I'm absolutely a person that needs digital to keep up with my busy life. I don't have time to lend to the company that wants to keep its legacy, that doesn't want to change. These are companies full of people that have been there 30 years. They've always done things a certain way. They don't want to change. They have their own language and jargon. Like if you went to sit in on one of their meetings, you wouldn't understand anything they're talking about because they're like in their own head rather than the self-conscious company that says, okay, here's how society is shifting. Here's what's happening with COVID. These are the new demands based on reality of what's happening now, not, oh, we just want to sell product. We want to make quarterly profits. Here's what we've always done and how we've always made tons of money. Why change? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So the digital customer, I wouldn't necessarily say she's not necessarily digital, but she's busy. She will absolutely cheat on the brand she's used in the past to make her life easier and better. I mean, let me tell you, I'm a working mom. I've got a baby. I got a business. Things are really busy for me right now. I have no patience for old processes, like even like healthcare systems now that still rely on paper-based communication. Um, I would say healthcare is one of the biggest industries that needs to be disrupted. 
because mm. other industries we're seeing the disruption now like grocery even is just this incredible change move toward e-commerce in the last six months e-commerce is exploding with 35 percent growth probably will be even greater in 2021 so again this focus on how do we make the customer's life easier and better not thinking so much about is it digital is it in person but simply solving the problem for the customer before they even realize there's a problem. And it sounds like, oh yeah, Blake, that's so simple, that's so basic, but to make decisions that are customer focused over being product focused and do that across the company and scale that is very hard to do. And to do it consistently, you've got to have it in the culture. I absolutely agree. I want to pick up on the point you made earlier about people sort of cheating on the brands that they're otherwise loyal to, because I do believe, and I think this is part of what you said as well, that COVID has accelerated that because, you know, brands, in my experience, they benefit a lot from habit. People come habituated to shopping in a certain grocery store, reading certain magazines, flying on certain airlines. And sometimes if nothing disrupts you, you just keep doing that. And you don't necessarily want to put the energy into looking for something new, something unknown. But then all of a sudden, if your needs dramatically change, all of a sudden you start to say, well, wait a minute, you know, I usually fly United, but I don't know much about their cleaning process. And all of a sudden, that's my number one consideration when I'm flying. So that puts me back into the consideration process. Or I normally go to certain restaurants, but they're closed. I can't go to them anymore. So I have to find a different way of getting that, you know, fun, nice meal on a Friday night and I wind up subscribing to, uh, you know, to an at-home cooking thing where they send you ingredients or somebody who's in a more in the delivery mode that may, maybe my favorite restaurant isn't. I think COVID has just created this disruptive force that's causing people to rethink a lot of their relationships, which means that it's even more important. You don't get the benefit anymore of that just momentum and behavioral habit. You've really got to win the, the loyalty or even just the first time business of these customers today. I think that's a great point. I don't really have anything to add. <laughs> you <laughs> said it. So you mentioned some brands that are doing a great job in this area. I want to ask you, we're going to take another quick break. And right after that, I want to ask you, so what if a company is not doing so well? What if you know that you're behind, you know that you're not really yet aligned to the customer of the future, should you just find another job at a company that is? Or is there something that people can do who are in those roles who can steer their companies to become more successful in this area? Take a quick break. And when we come back, we want to hear your answer to that. Can't get enough of winning digital customers? You can find even more content and video versions of the podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Visit wdc.ht slash YouTube to subscribe. I'm back with Blake Morgan. And just before the break, I posed a challenge to her for her to tell us what companies need to do if they are behind in the area of customer experience, if they are not really aligned today to meeting the needs of the customer of the future. So I know you've written two whole books on this topic, so <laughs> you probably can't tell us everything you know, but what would be your top recommendations to a company that recognizes they're behind, but just isn't really sure where to start or what to do about it? Yeah, number one thing, if you realize that your company is very behind with customer experience, my advice to you is to start with the biggest obvious issue, the biggest mood killer for customer experience, the thing that you keeps coming up that your customers hate, hate, hate that you do. If you don't know what that is, you've got to ask your customers. But you can also ask your frontline employees, the folks that are working with your customers, because they're going to tell you right away, oh, yes. These are the things that customers hate the most. So that's my first piece of advice is just make a list of all the things your customers hate and then start with the biggest offender. If you're working at a company where you feel like they don't have a customer-focused culture, I've been there. My advice to you is to leave. 
honestly leave because it's extremely hard for one person to change an entire culture. Unless you're the CEO or you're the chairman of the board, it's almost impossible to think that one person can alter an entire corporation. And I've been there because I've been a change agent and I know how it feels and it can be very frustrating. You're often working with people who've been at a company 20, 30 years and you're just a thorn in their side. You're saying, we've got to change. We've got to move. This isn't working anymore. Well, guess what most people want from a job? They want to just take a paycheck nine to five. They don't want to work too hard. I mean, a lot of people are like that. They don't care deeply. They're just kind of showing up and I'm not saying everyone is like that. Um, I wasn't like that. A lot of people I know aren't like that, but many people, it's just a job. And I think that is what's special about change agents is they look around and they go, oh, okay, I care deeply about this and I'm really frustrated because nobody else cares. And what do I do? And to tell that person, oh, you can change your company, like unless they're the CEO or super high up in the food chain, huge budgets, huge influence and power, it's almost impossible. And so my advice to people like that who come up to me at conferences and they tell me, okay, I'm in this situation. I say, you should look for another company. Because often what I tell people when they ask me, Blake, what are the most customer focused companies in the world? I point to the Great Place to Work Institute and the Great Place to Work list because often the companies that are customer focused are also better to their employees. Mm -hmm. They create better culture. They're more innovative. So if you're working at a company that treats customers badly, it's likely that you're also being treated badly as an employee. And I would honestly encourage you to move on because again, for a company to change from being not customer focused to customer focused, it takes a lot of influence, a huge shift. And to think one mid-level manager can do that, I would be lying. Interesting. Well, there's some practical advice. In fact, it reminds me of something that I'm pretty sure I read in one of your books, which was Maybe it was a quote from someone else that you quoted, but it was the idea that if you want your customers to be treated well, treat your employees the way you want them to treat your best customers. Yeah. Actually, my husband, his name's Jacob. I mentioned him earlier. He wrote a book, Jacob Morgan, called The Employee Experience Advantage. And what he found is that in looking at hundreds of companies, that the companies that invested in culture, technology, and physical space, the employee experience they were 4.2 times more profitable than companies that did not. So we're seeing this connection now. Okay, the most customer-focused companies, they're also focusing on how employees feel at work. They're also the most innovative. They're also the most sustainable. So some companies seem to get it, and they're building these four areas, customer experience, innovation, employee experience, sustainability. Other companies seem to be very late to the game, but it's never too late. But again, it takes real influence and power at the top and a shift because generally in companies, we work toward the performance metrics that are in place for us. So if we're treasuring it, then we're measuring it. What are we measuring? Is it just how much money did you make? Is it just, oh, check the box? Or are we measuring the changes we actually want to see in the company, which might not take shape for a few years? So that's really the thought is that employee experience, how we feel at work is directly related to the work we are able to produce to how good customers feel with us. And we have to look at employee experience, but also at the top, what are we measuring? What are we holding our employees to? That makes a lot of sense. And let's talk a little bit about digital transformation. This is a topic that a lot of companies are focused on right now. A lot of what I do every day is working with companies around digital transformation. 
which of course is another term that can mean a lot of different things to different people. But what do you see as the intersection between the idea of digital transformation and the goal of being ready for the customer and creating a great customer experience? Yeah, digital transformation at its heart is really just solving traditional problems with technology. So now with COVID, the companies that had been through a digital transformation actually had huge, huge gains because of that, like companies, Target, Walmart. In fact, I was even fixing a presentation this morning for a talk I'm giving next week, looking at eight companies that have been through a digital transformation that took three to seven years. And what happened to them with COVID? How did they deal with COVID? Because Mm. all of them had huge growth in the last five years. These are companies like Hasbro Toy Company, Best Buy, Walmart, Target, I think Honeywell, Nike, and I might be leaving a few off, but essentially they Microsoft, I mean, they all a lot of them had Home Depot, like over 200% stock price growth. And then how did they fare looking through COVID? What happened to them? Well, almost all of them, except Hasbro, had enormous growth, even through COVID, like Home Depot. Um, obviously, people are fixing their homes up now. Um, companies like Best Buy, you know, people are at home watching devices. Microsoft has, I think, like 360% stock price growth in the last five years um, with their move to the cloud. So all of these companies had been through a digital transformation, had looked at the guts of their company, how they deliver products to customers, moving to the cloud, seeing digital not as a supplementary piece of their strategy, but as the core piece. You know, remember Target doing Bopic and Bopis, buy online, pick up curbside, buy online, pick up in store. So these are the companies that were really competitively positioned to do well during COVID. And all of them except Hasbro did well. Hasbro, they were doing well, but they focused too much, and that's a toy company, on the physical inventory in their stores. Well, people aren't going to stores anymore. So Hasbro has suffered and even taken a hit with COVID. But everybody else, again, Walmart, Target, Best Buy, Home Depot, all doing beautifully That's where I'll stop. But the digital transformation piece is a huge piece and continues to evolve. And uh, do you think that's the reason why your book, which your Customer of the Future book, that was written before COVID. Is that right? It was. It came out in October of 2019. But I have to tell you this funny thing happened where I started my pregnancy September of 2019. And I had to cancel all these speaking gigs. I told everyone, you know, I'm pregnant and I can only travel through February of 2020. My last speaking gig, I remember, was in New Orleans. Before that, I was in Norway, pregnant. And what happened is, obviously, all those in-person events were canceled. They all moved online. And I had a really busy year with my book, virtually. Um, And I just have been so busy. I only took one month off from doing things like this. So I think that's the blessing is digital transformation has been big, the digital customer, but also like digital delivery of events has been a huge blessing for me as a working mom and and having a new baby at home because I've been able to still do what I love, bring this message to folks and do so from my own home. So you you really timed that pregnancy with a kind of a a genius. (laughs) It's the only silver lining of COVID-19, being home with my kids and still getting to work. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, we're nearing the end of our time. Is there one other area of advice that you'd like to focus on, perhaps from your book, that if you're speaking to a a CEO or a CMO or a board of directors of a large company that is trying to win in this space, trying to win that customer of the future, what would be the couple of pieces of advice that you might give them of where to start? 
Yeah, I would say get out of your office and go into the trenches, go mm-hmm. to the contact center phones, meet with the low level employees, be approachable. That's really a key part. Today with the modern company, you can't be an executive just sitting in your office meeting with your senior executives. Today's fast-paced competitive environment demands that you are approachable, that you meet with everyone, that the younger, newer employees see you, that they connect with you, because gone are the days of the leader that is not approachable, that is not on the floor, in the trenches. And I would say that's the key difference with the most customer-focused C-level executives. They don't really see themselves as CEO, like Elon Musk is a fun example where He's really an engineer at heart. He sits generally in a team environment where it's actually in the factory with his engineers. And he sees himself as an engineer as well, not really as a, as a CEO that just dictates orders. And so the modern CEO is with the teams, approachable. You can talk to them in the elevator. The hierarchy is kind of thrown out the window in a way. And people feel comfortable talking to you and approaching you with innovative ideas, potential flaws in the product, ideas to create more efficiencies in how things are done. And that's really the modern leader today. I couldn't agree more. Getting a real understanding, decisions that are ones that make sense for business are almost always done in the context of real customer understanding. And I see so many companies where there's all kinds of ideas about what's important to the customer that, you know, in the boardroom, you know, in the C-suite. And very, very often, they're rarely totally wrong, but they're also not really quite right either compared to the insight that you get if you spoke to, like you say, the people in the call center, the people on the ground. So I totally agree. You know, the way I always think about it is almost all business value comes from driving customer behavior. If you can get your customers to do what you want them to do, your business is going to be in good shape. And so. If you're trying to influence someone's behavior, you better understand them. You better really know what's driving them. And of course, today with COVID, what's driving them has changed. So that's the benefit of being in the trenches because you really get to see the day-to-day changes. And as, as the world is evolving and changing and the customer's needs are changing, you're there too seeing it. So I think that makes total sense. Well, Blake, this has been awesome. If uh, folks want to learn more about you, find your books, find out more about what you do, subscribe to your podcast, all that kind of stuff, where's the best place for them to go? Head over to blakemichellemorgan.com. Would love to connect with your listeners. Thank you. Great. And we'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. So people have the right spelling of that URL. Well, again, Blake, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been really, really insightful and interesting. And thank you all for joining us once again on the Winning Digital Customers podcast. If you're not a subscriber, we absolutely encourage you to subscribe to hear all the awesome uh, interviews and insights we get from folks bringing us their uh, experiences from the trenches around digital experience, digital transformation, and winning digital customers. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you all next time. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Winning Digital Customers, the podcast. Find more great episodes at wdcpodcast.captivate.fm on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, or wherever you listen. And visit winningdigitalcustomers.com to learn more about the Wall Street Journal bestselling book that inspired the podcast.